Jackson Beers and Sears podcast, episode seven. And boy, we beat OU. We did it. The cold front came through. We got Mark Stoops fired, which is probably a bad thing more than anything looking forward. But we'll get to that. We're not getting ahead of ourselves just yet, but that will come later in the episode, I'm sure. Uh, First, big shout-outs to pretty much everyone who came up to us uh, with koozies, T-shirts, anything. That was so much fun, especially on Friday night at uh, Bomb Factory like we had done the past two years. Everyone coming up and saying how much they loved it. We really do appreciate it. Um, another big positive note, we broke the record again. So the OU episode was a, our highest, our most listened to episode ever. After really? Yes, after previously breaking it with the TCU episode. So wow. all 122,000 of you, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, keep rolling. That's, uh, that's, that's from me and John, straight from our heart. Keep on listening on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Anchor, Ship, cruise line whatever you listen on please on uh keep it up keep your let your friends know let your co-workers know tell your yard men um follow us on instagram we are on instagram uh, our unnamed marketing manager is doing a great job with insta stories and insta uh posts at beers and steers beers underscore and underscore steers uh and keep on leaving those voicemails we got some great ones lined up for this episode uh that number is 802 802- Four eight seven six one zero seven eight zero two four eight seven six one zero seven. It doesn't have to be after the game, and it doesn't even have to be Texas football related. I really don't care what it is. If it's interesting, we're going to talk about it. Uh, if we think it's funny, we're going to do it. I don't really care. We're just kind of, you know, nebulous, just butterflies. Uh, t-shirts. If you did not get your t-shirt and you paid for it and you live in either respective city of me or John, please text us. We're going to be really good about this, we promise, but you kind of got to poke us because we're a little lazy. Um, people who have asked for T-shirts, we are sold out. But uh, we emailed the T-shirt dude yesterday. The T-shirt dude. The T-shirt dude. And we were hoping to have some more in by West Virginia, and we're thinking maybe a different color. But we'll we'll get back to you all with that. Um, same thing goes, $15. Uh, we're probably just going to do larges and XLs because no one that does a double XL besides myself. Yeah, the, okay. the double XLs are parachutes. They're, no, so. they're, they fit perfectly. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, you let's... Stole whole, you stole the whole intro from me there. What? But, yeah. what? I would just we, do the normal intro. Yeah, well, everyone uh, go follow the gram. Um Shout out to all 40,000 followers we had pop up this week. Mm-hmm. Um, there seems to be a correlation between success on the football field and our gram. Wouldn't that a crazy our, thing? I tell you, the last three years, there's been no one following anything. Now they all <laughs> shut up. Where the hell are we all two years ago? Just kidding. Yeah. All 12 people that used to, or excuse me, 12,000 people that used <laughs> to listen. You know. Now they're, you, know, you know who you are, 12. We respect y'all, so thank y'all for always being loyal. If you're on the OG email chain, you know who you are. Wow, God, that is ancient to think about that. We used to email this we were, thing out. We were basically SoundCloud rappers, but okay. Well, but thank God we, our IT department caught us up to speed. And yes, got us seriously, all that guy in India really saved our ass. All right, well, yep. let's start off like we always do. John, what do you got? Yes, beer of the week, finally. Um, uh, kind of staying in the North Texas area with Wild Acre Brewery. Um, it is a Wild Acre Oktoberfest. Uh, usually, I'm not going to lie, personally, not the biggest Oktoberfest fan, 
But I've heard great things about this beer. I've uh, been looking up online and hearing great things about the brewery itself as well. So uh, give it a try this week or this weekend when you're watching this play Baylor. Um, and we make our way through October into the fall. So, yeah, 100%. give it a try. Yeah, I agree with John. I'm not usually the biggest kind of like Oktoberfest-type beers, those kind of bittery ones. But I have heard this one's pretty good from uh, Boots on the Ground in Fort Worth. Yeah, go check out the brewery. It's pretty sweet. Uh, they got a bunch of TVs. They've always got food trucks. Great place to, if you're in Fort Worth to go uh, tailgate before the TCU Tech game, which is tomorrow or today if you're listening to it on Thursday. But uh, uh, Wild Acres also got a Ginger Snap beer that they did last year that's really good, and that will be coming out soon to I think in where, like November. Where is their brewery in Fort Worth? It's like uh, south. It's like northeast of TCU. It's right by 35 and where 35 and 30 kind of make a corner. Okay. That's where it, it's kind of in like a unique part of town. It's like the old ranch style beans factory. It's a sweet building. Yeah, it's kind of like an old industrial area. Oh, yeah, like super old, like kind of yeah. rundown industrial, but it's like kind of making a comeback with like the hospital district and all that. I don't know. It's a sweet area by far, right. and it's massive. Like, you know, it's not one of those breweries here in Dallas that's like kind of small and they're limited of space. Like, this place is a legit beer garden. Like, it's huge. Um, yeah. But yeah, go check them out. But all right, let's dive right into it. Um, we beat OU. That was fun. Uh, John, remember last week how. Uh, I said that I see stars every time I yell, uh, beat the hell out of OU on March yes. Grandioso. Of course. I said I saw stars the first time. Just want to make that clear. Um, that had nothing to do with your alcohol intake. That is zero percent correlation. That's fake news. But so, I, I could, I swear, I could hear you every time you were yelling that. I mean, I stood up every single time. So I would like to say that, like. All eight people around me when I first did it at the beginning of the game or the pregame were like, what the hell is wrong Oh, yeah, with every single year. Yeah, they're like, what then, is wrong with this By guy? the end of the game, like all 20 people around me right. were doing it. So, yes. like, the, uh, the podcast, spread of the good. Exactly. Good vibes. Uh, but the game overall, I mean, unbelievable. We'll obviously get into the individual play, but overall, I mean, that's the type of game that just stares, scares defense coordinators throughout the Big 12. I mean, obviously, Mark Stoops isn't the pinnacle of Big 12 defense, but how, if you're watching that game, how are you not like, what do, we, what do we do? How do we stop Ellinger running the ball? How do we stop Ellinger throwing the ball? What are we going to, how do we, we're outsized against Colin Johnson, Lil Jordan Humphrey, and we're too slow to catch up to Devin Duvernay. Uh, Trey Watson is a perfect all purpose back, and Keontae Ingram is unbelievable and has top end speed that no one has seen in a long time at Texas. It's in, it's got to scare a lot of people looking forward. I mean, how is it not, you know? Yeah, well, one correction. I think you called him Mark, but it was Mike Stoops. Mike Stoops, whatever. Sorry. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, just so we don't lose credibility on the ground, our podcast. I, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, that was a track meet looking at the, um, I guess, drives overall, um, play-by-play. Uh, it's just scary looking at it. It was – Touchdown, touchdown, interception, field goal, field goal, touchdown, punt, touchdown, touchdown, end of half. Touchdown, touchdown, punt, fumble, touchdown. Punt, wow, did punt. you rem- memorize that? Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> you can guess what all the punts were. It was OU. But, I mean, my God, dude. It just it, When we went down 7-0, I was like, well, okay, we got that out of our system. Here we go. And we responded. I mean, we ran it right down their throat and, and threw, uh, threw a, what, a 30 or 40-yard bomb to CJ. Yep. And then that was, I believe, the first – uh, the first drive was the Wildcat pass, right? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, unbelievable game. Uh, 
honestly was just as stressful as some of the games that I remember when we were really, really good 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, it was, so it, it kind of had that vibe, not that vibe, but that like, feel in my stomach again where I was just, one, of course, emotionally invested, and two, just uh, stressed out. And the fans, um, of course, were great on both sides, as always, at that game. I mean, if, if I was an outsider looking in and went to that game for the first time, I'd be like, wow. This this is one one of one of if not the coolest sports environments uh, yeah. um, in the nation. I read a pretty cool article. Uh, Howard Schnellenberger, the like famous coach for yeah. Michigan, he right. uh, I think he went to go work for Fox, I believe, or ABC after he uh, coached, just kind of like as like a you know play or color guy in the booth, and he requested Texas OU because he had never been. And right. he was before the game. He was like, "Yeah, Michigan, Ohio State, like you know, it's the best rivalry in college sports." Blah blah. And then he went to Texas OU. He was like, "Nope, okay, this is the best one." I mean, there's something different about it. You know, yeah. it's it's the middle of the season, kind of beginning of Big Twelve play. It's the um, uniqueness of it. I mean, it's got yeah, to be. Both teams are still trying to figure out who they are, no matter what their rank is. Aka, what just happened to OU? Um, and it just it, anything can happen. I mean, momentum is a scary thing in that game, and and we proved that. Um, you know, sticking to your game plan and being a more physical team in a rivalry game is 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 key. And I mean, going even further into it, I think Fox said it was the most watched game of the year so far, highest rating. Yeah. Um, so, and that will stand. I guarantee it will stand until probably late in the season when the championship week comes around. So, yeah, that's something that is just huge for the Big Twelve, huge for these two schools as always. Um, from a, really yeah, from a viewership see. standpoint, it was a. Uh, Three times as many viewers as all other Big 12 games combined. So, take that as you will. What? Yep. It was I mean, granted, granted, the 11 a.m. kick, we can, there's no other competition of what to watch. True. And, so, you know, national broadcast, but, like, still. Yes, I mean, it, it, there are factors that go into it, but, uh, I mean, wow. What a game. Yeah, let's uh, go back I'm in. Like to dive into the players. I'm, I'm just trying to think big picture. I'm just... Uh, Big picture, like, for the team, like, what I loved so much was the mental toughness. I mean, like, the offense, I mean, we can skip the first three quarters and pretty much all of the fourth and go to two minutes left in the fourth, and they're like, okay, you know, let's you – you know what's hang, and uh, let's go down, and we're going to give the ball to our freshman kicker who's, like, winking at the freaking camera. And and, freshman deep snapper and freshman holder. Right, and just freaking nails it. I mean – that's the type of stuff that we haven't seen in so long the, from the mental standpoint of it. I mean, oh, there's we, the, all those third down conversions like our, and fourth downs. I mean, it was incredible to watch. I don't think our teams in the last, like, five years probably could have had a drive like that. I think the last oh, time I remember us no. going down the field, I, I, I'm going to be – someone's going to call me out on this, but I remember the, the last time we went down the field and won a game – like that i just immediately think of case mccoy and justin tucker but <laughs> I, mean, I mean that's the last big one I mean, yeah. maybe there was an iowa state game where, where <laughs> like i remember being home and maybe bushel led us against iowa state and was like oh cool great but i think it was i was i was staying at home but still man like it, it's been so long since we've had the uh maturity and i guess the the you know situational uh intelligence or awareness <laughs> ability, yeah. ability no you're right yeah, and then after the game, they're still doing it. I mean, they're asking us, like, is Texas back and all this stuff. And then Hager, I mean, so perfect, so meathead. The only thing that's back is we're going back to work on Sunday. I mean, you can't laugh 
without saying it, but he was dead serious. He's got his cowboy hat. I mean, his spur hat on. Like, he's just ready to get out there. Like, he, he if it was up, if you asked him, like, okay, well, you want to run that back right now? He'd say, hell yeah, let's go back on the field, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And all they've said all week is 1-0, Baylor, 1-0, Baylor. 1-0. And it's so Bill and Bell check-in, you know, like we're on to Cincinnati, that type of stuff. How do you not love it? I mean, yeah, it, it, it's a culture thing. I hate to everyone get too excited about how our culture has changed, but it's it feels a lot different right now. So. Oh yeah, I mean, th- this team is just like one big blowout win against a, a conference opponent. That's just kind of like, okay, what wh- wh- what do we got here? You know, it's kind of everyone's looking at each other like, okay, now we kind of got something going, but. You know what? We still got work to do. We still, we still got, got work, work to do. do. We got we got Baylor. We're on to Baylor. We're on to the Baylor Bears. But the cold front came through. OU sucks. All right, let's dive into it. Overall. God, OU. Oh, you. Jesus. <laughs> we won the game, man. That last wow. OU sucks on the, the Texas fight. Like, I mean, that was that's the best feeling in the world. Also, the fair, after you win, the weather was perfect. There's no better feeling also. But, all right, let's go into it. Offense, good players. I mean, I'm just going to steal it from you. I'm sorry, but, I mean, Sam. Uh, no, by all means. We, I mean, we haven't said him all year, which is crazy to say because he has played great, and it, he really has, but this game was so different. I mean, Big 12 player of the week, broke the school record for most pass attempts without a pick, knock on wood, ran the ball like a tank, three tutties, two, two touchdowns for throws. I mean, that throw to LJH – of all people, Beck gets double teamed, and then Ellinger puts the perfect ball on it. I, the only bad, like throw, no one to throw, but their only bad read is he missed a wide open Beck uh, late in the third, I believe. Yes, yes. On a seam that. route, that was that was tough. I mean, he was a little rushed by a drop. Uh, he was, he rushed, was. But. I I was sitting next to Dorian Leonard at that game. And he was freaking out. Like, he was like, oh, my God. Like, that would have cemented it, you know. I think that – I think it might have put us up 28 at that point. I think. I can't remember. No, I think it was in, it was in one of those drives that we ended up scoring on, to be honest. No, it wasn't. I know for a fact it wasn't that one of those drives. But, anyways. Okay. There was no, like – there was a, a couple bad throws. Don't get me wrong. He went absolutely perfect. But there was no, like, oh, my God, we got away with one, you know. He just looked calm. I mean, everyone in the stadium knew what was coming on this power and sweet plays. Uh, QB power. It's not called a QB draw or QB sweep. It's called a QB power, according to Tom. The best best one was the one down in our end zone, you know, towards the right side, whatever. And OU, I mean, obviously knows it's coming. They're so lined up to their left. And he just lets him over-pursue so hard straight to the pylon because they think that's where he's going. He just makes one cut up and, like, skips him. It was unbelievable. The kid, just perfect composure all the way throughout, obviously, that last drive. It was incredible. And he got added to the Doak Walker um, and Maxwell finalists – or not finalists, uh, watch list. Yeah, you better after a game like that. Exactly. So unbelievable. But – Kind of piggybacking off what you said, um, very Cardell Jones type game. That's the way I see it. Um, I mean, the guy was a bowling ball out there. Um, he was he, he had no mistakes, uh, no interceptions. Uh, you already kind of hit on the a few missed reads, a few uh, bad throws, but they weren't at critical points in the game. You know, he he made up for bad throws. He, uh, I mean, credit Tom Herman and. and uh, I mean, the rest of the staff on on an unbelievable game plan on, I guess, what we predicted was a heavily uh, run 
vested game for yep. Sam. Yep. So, um, you within three yards know. of that uh, prediction as well. Yeah, I was three yards off. That's probably one of my best hot takes. But, I mean, he, he was smart. He was composed. He, he was mature. And there's nothing more, uh, I guess, I mean, I, I, the last drive was awesome. He, right. He was very composed. And, I mean, we, we were bailing out a little bit by the passing interference. It was passing interference. Mm, it was passing interference. But um, still, the rest of the, the rest of the game, unbelievable. Was happy to see him uh, avoid big mistakes, and I think he broke the record for most uh, pass attempts without an interception. Yeah, no, he did. It. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, best pass in school history. Yeah, I, I think he broke Major Applewhite's record. Yes. So, it was like yeah. 160, or I think, and he's at I can't remember exactly, but it, he broke it. Yeah, and I mean, he thinking about the. I mean, we weren't really taking deep shots you know it was kind of like post routes and out routes a lot um so i know he had a deep ball to, to cj in the first drive but you know no just what the hell kind of throws that were just really ugly so awesome game for him um i mean really kind of puts his name out there nationwide um and i'm really happy for the guy because he clearly is a, a team favorite and a fan favorite and i think he's going to have a great career and this was kind of like a huge stepping stone for him to kind of take the uh, the next step yeah i agree but he um, wouldn't have done it without his uh receivers what do you got on that yeah so i'll, I'll kind of hit on both of them so you can take the other guy um lgh and cj um unbelievable games they were absolute beast on the scrubby short ou dbs i mean just i you know you mentioned it all the articles were mentioning it how bad the ou dbs were my god they were short yeah i mean they were they were tiny they were tiny. They were weak. They were pu- easy to push off. Um, I mean, uh, just all the above. They made mistakes, uh, critical mistakes, like pass interference. Um, so it just unbelievable games for these guys. They kind of, they really stepped up, manned up, and, and, and made unbelievable plays. Um, kind of specifically, um, CJ was kind of there for a bunch of third down plays. I remember one specifically where he had his hand being or arm being held, and he still made the catch. Um, he did CJ end up with one touchdown? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Early in the game, and then little Jordan Humphrey. I mean, the effort on the third and eighteen, third and nineteen, getting all the way down to four, fourth and two, uh, giving us a chance on that first drive of the second half. Uh, this other play, I remember he caught the ball um, on our side of the field, ran over two OU defenders, hurt them both. Um, just unbelievable game from both of these guys. I think. LJH ended up with 113 yards. Yeah. Excuse me, 133 yards on nine receptions and one touchdown. Uh, also through. Yeah, touchdown. he is way too good at throwing the ball for a receiver. Yeah, I mean, he, he's an all-around athlete. Yeah, he can do uh, everything. It's crazy. We've been, yeah, we've been told that for a long time, and, and he's a huge asset for our offense. And then CJ ended up with 81 yards on six catches. Um, but those were a meaningful six catches, right. I, I must say. So, um really happy for these guys um i hate to say it, but your prediction about cj at the beginning of this year of him being yeah a, let's about go being gone is, is becoming pretty predictable he's he's got the size he's i don't got, know why i'm cheering for that but I, I know right so he's got the like just absolute beast he's got the hands um yeah i mean he's a full so. fully rounded nfl receiver 
Also, right. random shout out to wide receivers, but not a good game. John Burke made a catch. Yeah. Right, now, wait. Now yeah. back to you. Yeah. <laughs> and now back to you in the booth. I mean, seriously. Uh, also, uh, Andrew Beck. I mean, like he had a couple great catches. I mean, yep. he had he had one that was 18 yards. Like what? Uh, it was crazy. And that, and he like I said mentioned earlier, he was getting double teamed like in the end zone. Like, are you sure? Like, I mean, obviously that defensive coordinator got fired for reasons like that, but still, uh, it was all-around receiver effort um, doing well. well I, and uh, what's that? Drod Hurd was blocking well downfield, too. So, I mean, one thing about Beck that is, is, I guess we never mentioned on the pod so far, and I don't think we've seen it much, is that when he does have the, you know, uh, I guess seam routes, teams actually have to, our defenses actually have to respect that now, where we used to right. not ever like, have that threat. Yeah. Which then pulls a linebacker, gives a Keontae Ingram or Trey Watson a little nice little dump pass for a solid eight yards. Right. We used to not have any respect on a tight end for any sort of passing plays. So um, I don't think that that opens up running back um, short passes and also opens up the middle of the field for uh, LJ Humphreys, which we saw to go up by 21. So yeah. um, really happy for these two, those two uh, receivers unbelievable games we kind of had one of the two or both on every show every week mm-hmm. so it's kind of a lame good but I mean hell we can't give them enough credit for what they did so yeah and la- you take the last good last thing on LJH I mean that third and 20 just not driving you know not quitting his feet that was probably the play of the game on offense I mean it really was that just kind of cemented kind of broke their defense to literally nothing but yeah uh, going to Oh, he like remember that so the play where he knocked out two guys before we move on. Mm-hmm. I, I had a I didn't really realize it, but number ninety went out two or three times. Number ninety one went out once, but he actually got pretty hurt. Yeah, and then the corners went out multiple times. Yeah, do you really think they had they were trying to like? I mean, was that a tactic to slow us down? Dude, or were we I don't that know. Physical? I think we were just that physical. There, Me too. One of those might have been, but like I really don't think so. I mean, it wasn't like we were running like hurry up offense and stuff, you know? Well. The only item, the only one that was, it was in the last two minutes where a guy went down, which I don't know if they should have burned their last time out or not, but whatever, we won, so it doesn't matter. But, yeah, they, it, I mean, we were a much more physical team, so. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, and that kind of goes into what uh, the next good point. Speaking of physical. Yeah. So, Keontae finally got over those 10 touches. That was kind of like his uh, what his wall that we had uh, kind of – been talking about because he'd been a little banged up on his uh, bone bruise on his up. leg and uh, he's not on here for his runs granted he, he had a couple great runs in that one scamper um, yards. in the second half that was awesome but he's on here because on Sam's power runs I mean he is blocking his freaking ass off and made some great holes available for Sam I mean he's just so quick obviously to get into that hole and then it's one thing to get there quick, but also just to get a good solid pop and clear that hole for your quarterback. I mean, you give Sam a little bit of a lane like that, and it's it's easy yardage every single time. So hats off to Keontae. That was unbelievable to watch. Uh, he's going to be something very is special he, going forward. Is he okay? Um, what do you mean? Is there any injury report on him? I haven't seen anything. Okay, good. Because so he went out um, like yeah. on the last drive or the second to last drive, but it looked like a knee or an ankle injury. Um, and then I'm just now remembering Daniel Young being in on the third down that we got stopped on. Right. Yes. So. But they didn't give know. the ball to Daniel. That was on. Uh, yeah. Sam got stuffed. Right. So um, I, I haven't heard anything. I haven't seen anything. Uh, but 
hope he's okay. I Keontae, that is. I, no, I think he's fine. Anything, we're fine. I haven't heard anything. I think I think we're good. I think obviously, I think if you truthfully ask Herman, he's like, yeah, he's he's not a hundred percent, but he hasn't been a hundred percent for the past month. So. Hell, if you're not a hundred percent and you look like that, I'm okay with it. Yeah, okay. exactly. But uh, golly, the the run he had in the first drive, of the first drive of the second half, yes. he bounced outside on an unbelievable read. That was awesome. I, mean, I was like, all right, here we go. Yeah. Like Chris Obanaya over here. Mm-hmm. But, so, for the sake of time, and we all want to get to the voicemails, uh, quick, bad. Um, you and I both wrote this down actually at different times throughout our notes. Um, it's tough to have a bad on a game like that, but you got to have one. On offensively. And, on offensively. Yeah, we haven't gotten it, into Yeah, this. offensively. <laughs> uh, Vahe. Uh, I think everyone probably could have predicted that. I noticed it. You noticed it. There were multiple missed assignments um, where he, I don't know what he was thinking, must be a head case, but he just completely messed up. And then uh, Sam was either sacked or, you know, Sam was able to get to like at least no loss kind of situation. But um, he had a decent game in the run game. You kind of might be able to hit on that better than me. But I just remember um, uh, multiple occasions where he had a missed assignment. And, you know, it's tough to, to blame him because it might have been someone else on some of the run plays. But I just, I don't know, I was pretty – indifferent but leaning towards bad on him it, it really wasn't the run plays he did block well on the run plays he's just one of those offensive linemen you see it all the time he just you can tell he loves run plays more than I mean pass plays and he's always been bad at picking up blitzes I don't know what the deal is there at this point I don't think it's a communication thing so there was just that one play I think it was a linebacker blitz or safety blitz and he just completely didn't even touch him it was so bad. I mean, guy went straight through to Sam. It was so frustrating to watch just because it, the O-line really, other than that, played so well all throughout the well, game. Uh, yeah. I, so I thought they did. So I only think, and this might be a fatigue, but my God, the holdings at the end of the game. Yeah. There was one on Cosme, one on uh, – I'm blanking. They got Rodriguez, and then the third one was – I think it was Shaq. It was Shaq. You're right. Right. Um, it might be a fatigue thing, but when we're trying to close out a game, my God, don't hold. Like, that's only one of the reasons why we were putting the ball because we were at second and 20 or second and 18. And it, it just, oof. No, I agree. Bad. But other than the fourth quarter woes for the offensive line, they manhandled the you know, OU defensive line. Uh, Cosme had a great game. They were running to his side. Cosme like played unbelievable. Down. I mean, obviously, that's why <laughs> Sam's yeah. uh, not an idiot. He's saying, uh, if I'm running the ball, I'm running to the right side for a reason. And I yeah. think uh, big uh, number 56 is part of that reason. Or 52, sorry. Let's talk about defense. Um, quickly. I mean, <laughs> offense score 48 points. Uh, we'll try to go fast. We get to voicemails. I'll let you start with yours. Um, yeah, so. both guys on the edge. I mean, Charles O and Brecken, I think they both played really well. Um, but more importantly, they played smart. Everyone knew in this game, like, Murray is an unbelievable freak, and there's no doubt about that. And I actually, it's hard not to like – or not, not not like him, but watching him play is very entertaining to its essence. Uh, but still, screw that guy. But they both played well, and the their intelligence is really what stood out to me. Um, they knew that if they flew up field – I mean, that's easy 10 yards plus for Murray, uh, and he's gone. And But they did that while also maintaining good pressure on him. Um, obviously, the 67-yard run sucks. That was terrible. Didn't even get touched. But, I mean, that was the one play where I was like, okay. Obviously, it was at the worst time possible and, and all of that. But 
it really it, it was it was gonna happen eventually and it just came happened to come at the worst time but other yep. than that i thought they played a great game uh charles who is it's not crazy to say that he might get drafted i mean he has got the nfl size obviously the speed's almost there the strength is there and the mentalness the mental play i think is close maybe not 100 percent, you know nfl ready but He's definitely going to get some looks for sure. I mean, uh, there's no doubt about that. He'll he'd be perfect in kind of a four three defense, uh, you know, where he doesn't have to have huge, as much of a liability uh, as getting to the quarterback. But he, he's, uh, he's got the size. He's a little slow for the NFL. So right. It, I think he's more of an undrafted free agent. Plays it for the preseason games and then goes to yeah work somewhere in Texas. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, maybe. But uh, uh, what else you got in defense? I'll go. I'll go good. We'll kind of pick it up here a little bit. The uh, good shout out to Raleigh for texting me this. I didn't notice it during the game, but I did notice it after watching the game again. Foster, um, wow, this was his coming out game. Yep. And and it wasn't a bunch of noticeable pl- noticeable plays, but um, wow, he he earned his five stars this game. So to start, he uh, he had. Because one assignment I guess I did not notice was he was brought off the edge a lot and had to rush to the left tackle and one created pressure on Kyler, kind of destroyed the pocket a lot. Two, um, he was on that deep ball that was almost caught, but uh, God, I think it was the third quarter. But he deflected or not deflected, but he uh, God, wait, what was it? I think it was third quarter, but he was able to like at least avoid a pass interference at a really crucial time. Mm-hmm. Um, he also, I did not notice this, was on the fourth quarter uh, safety blitz where he was actually knocked over by the OU running back but then still made the sack on. Yes, Kyle, that Kyle play Murray. was incredible, dude. But, I mean, granted, Kyler Murray is like a shrimp, but hey. <laughs> no, that was, that, a, that was an unbelievable play. Our safeties in the past, like Jason Hall would not have made that play. No, uh, white no. Boy, white boy, white boy, I can't remember his name. Dylan Haynes, but we don't want to say his name too much. Yeah, he could not have made that play. So, God, what was the other play I wanted to mention? Oh, most importantly, and I did not notice this, he tackled C.D. Lamb on the their final punt return, which they ended up coming down and scoring anyways. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, I don't know. He C.D. kind of got past the first phase of tacklers, and I don't know that it just he made some really crucial plays that really stood out to me. Um, let's see, left tackle, he was in coverage. Yeah, but all around, great game from Foster, and I look forward to seeing what he can do. Um, but the problem is there's only two safeties on the field, but maybe we can fit him in somehow no. on the field. When you play like that, you can fit him in. You know, it's just one of those guys, like, he's going to be on the field. You're going to find a way. I mean, they had him, like, lining up as pretty much like an outside linebacker. Like, yes. On the, on you know, as rush, like, and he can on do it. Side, yeah. Exactly. And he can, but or you can put him as that robber position where he just drops back. He's just sitting behind Wheeler and Gary because they don't know how to play coverage, and uh, and yeah, foreshadowing. Let Stearns and um, B Jones kind of do their coverage safety thing and like a kind of a deep cover two look, and he's manning them midfield. It's kind of like the. We're going to get real technical here. But the Tampa 2 defense where instead of the linebacker dropping back, it's really just uh, him playing the robber position. 
and he can still fly up the field on a blitz on that or just sit at there at the line of scrimmage and just say, try and block me. I'm probably the most physical guy on this team. So, best There's of luck. There's anyone that, can I, I mean, that I trust to make sure Foster is used correctly is, is Todd Orlando. Get him on the field. We're going to – this defense should continue to have some great great success. So, right let's talk about um, Let's go <laughs> – Go to your bed. I'll go to my bed after that, and then we'll move on. I mean, it's – I don't know how many more days we're going to do this, but I I have a feeling – I mean, I I think it might be every single week, but PJ, dude, good Lord. It, it, that touchdown was so bad. I know no. he's – dude, Ugh. no, it was bad. I know, I know, I know. He was buckling his chin strap, and Devontae ran into him. It was still bad. Like, he didn't even realize the play was getting snapped. Like, he had some good run support tackles. I'll give him that, but the coverage was just so bad again. And, th- and the other thing is, like, I think he was just gassed at the end. Like, just let him, like, sit. Like, put Josh Thompson in for not even a series. Just put him in for, like, three plays. Let him get his rest back. Especially against an offense like that that is running all over the freaking field and is putting up just numbers after numbers after numbers in so many different ways. Like, you got to give him a little bit of a rest. He's not freaking Hussein Bolt or, you know, some, this. he's got to – rest it's not that hard to put together I don't know I know Orlando obviously loves him and he's not going to pull him at any point much less like bench him just can you let him like not be in for like three plays yeah everyone's kind of jumping on him I'm not so much against I guess on him right now I I mean he he does make some pretty good open field tackles he missed a few unfortunately uh, this past game but I think he's just kind of like that senior out there that the coaches respect. Yeah. He's kind of like earned his stripes kind of deal. 100%. So, no, I, I agree. I don't, I don't think just, he'll be pulled. But. No, he's not. I'm just going to sit here and keep on yelling at my f- computer for another seven weeks. So, my bad, going quickly. Uh, Anthony Wheeler, he got burned on the first drive multiple times by Kyler pulling and then the tight end running right over or going right past Anthony Wheeler. I don't know why, but Wheeler kept biting Maybe because the game plan was to contain Kyler, but, I mean, Anthony did that multiple times on the first drive, and then I saw him have, I don't know, one or two other bad plays. But, um, thankfully, Chris Boyd knocked out Calcaterra on the first drive. Uh, most people probably didn't notice that, but he was number 80, I believe. Yep, that was, was unbelievable that was huge. and a huge threat for Kyler. That was um, on, like, the fourth play of the game, I think. Yeah, and then they, they were, it looked like they were going for targeting, but then it was an incomplete pass. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was, chance, that was but, really interesting. It was a touchdown. I mean, like. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was when the, the little stupid guns were starting to shoot off and all the OU fans were like, oh. They, yeah, they thought that. Yeah. They, they, so, okay. We, we won. We beat OU. <laughs> correct. Um, we won. We, we <laughs> were 5 and 1, but my God. Credit to Herman. I mean, geez, he's got these guys rolling. Uh, that was pretty good. What he said after the game, he was like, I had seven texts after the Maryland game. He's like, I had 192 after the OU game. It was just kind of one of those, like, yeah, I remember. Like, I, I remember who y'all were. You know, don't worry. Uh, it was incredible. I mean, it was a, a, you know, people say statement losses. That was a statement win. Uh, it kind of showed that the TCU, there was a, you know, a little bit of chatter. USC is not good. They haven't played anyone. TCU looks really bad. Sean Robinson, was he hurt? Blah, blah, blah. Basically, um, are, did the wins we have really, did they really stand out as much as they did? But I think now you got to say they do. If you look at it, like, from a def, from just on defense, like, first half, 
I don't think the defense could have really played that much better with the pick yeah. and all that. Like they played very well against, I think, obviously I'm biased, the best offense in the country. Second half obviously played so bad in the fourth quarter, but like that was not that was not even if the first half was an A A minus, second half was a C plus. You know, like if that's a B, if that's a B, like we win by. 17 you know nice average right, right. thank you nice. i'm yeah i'm really know the difference between a c plus and a b but anyways <laughs> like it's just one of those games that's kind of like okay this is for real like this is not a joke anymore this is not texas is you know what ba mm, mm. but like it's it's there it's so there for the take with me you can agree with me we are not blank we no not. oh yeah i was gonna say that okay i said last week i said if we won this game we were going to earn the C, and I'm revising my statement. because. Wow, imagine that. I said this three weeks ago. No, no, no. No, no. I am taking away. They have not earned the C yet. They will earn the C if they finish out the regular season, if they make it to the Big 12 championship game. If they win said championship game, they will earn the K. How about that? Is that no. okay? Yes, yeah, I, I can agree with that. But there's a long way to go, a lot of work to do. But kind of what you were saying before we move on to the voicemails and, and, and going on to Baylor, uh, it really felt like every game that we had won, there was an asterisk next to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and going into this OU game, I kind of felt like that was – I mean, that was kind of the reason why I didn't predict us to win because I just think we had not proven ourselves. I still – think we have stuff to fix and to prove and, and to show that we can play a full game. But at the end of the day, man, like there's going to be a W next to OU and that means a lot. Yeah. Oh, hundred uh, percent. It, it has residual effects in the long run. Yes. Uh, I don't want to jump on recruiting, but I know I was just about to say, I know I was like, we never talk about recruiting, but, and, <laughs> no, but it, it, another, you know, Tom always says just a num- uh, another letter or another W next to on the, like in the column. Right. Um, and, and Kansas State was at, TCU was at, but uh, yes, at the end of the day, we'll look back and it's just another W. But this, if you can say, is like a legit capital bold W. Right. And, and I think this will pay dividends in the long run on experience, on, on recruiting. Um, I wish a and would have lost, but it is what it is. And uh, I don't know. It's just it, it, it had a huge – impact i think on our, our players and like you said earlier their players kind of seem to have to be level-headed so let's see I, how think, it goes, but I think i think a crazy win. other thing uh, like along those lines is like you look for that like program changing win and all that stuff i don't think this is it because i don't think this team nope. is done yet that's the nope. that's the crazy part not nope, crazy yeah. part it's just like it, it this wasn't the program changing win you know and it's i we don't know to, we need to go on a true road game okay wait wake up john kansas state but yeah a, a true road game versus a really good team and i don't know if oklahoma state or tech is going to be that but hey let's just take it one one game at a time let's beat baylor by the way i didn't realize and i bet you, you didn't realize this either but we have a bye week next week yo well, yeah no i knew that i thought we went straight to stillwater after that no we all it's no. used it's always the week after no. ou or two weeks after ou no. No. come on all right dude. so voicemails all right, yeah, speaking of uh, things we need to work on, we've got our uh, resident pessimist in the house. Hey, guys, it's Webb. Uh, <laughs> currently sitting in some bad traffic right now. Uh, just... Big win for the Horns. That's probably the most fun OU game I've ever been to. 
and I don't want to rain on the party. And I know Stuart, you're going to be upset with me for always being the negative one. Yep. But I do have a question for you guys, and that is, why do we always start out really poorly on defense? I agree. Um, you know, Maryland, USC, TCU, and now OU have all scored really easily yep. on their first possession on offense. So I want to see if you guys can explain that a little bit. And then my second question is, why do we start the game with a delay of game penalty on our first play on offense? That makes no sense that we exactly. have all the time to prepare for what our first play is going to be. Love and time. then we come out with a delay of game penalty. Anyway. Okay. All right, well, first off, I want to use a blinker. I'm, I'm proud of yeah. Webb for using a blinker. Congrats. Um, I don't. I, I think it's a good question. I, I've kind of I talked to someone behind me at the game, and I mean, it had a very Maryland-type feel to the start where we just got rolled over, uh, and then we had a fault, not a false start, but a delay game to start. And it was like, okay, guys, wake up. Hello. They've Okay, and, they've, I, they've asked Herman about this, and he supposedly didn't know until, like, last week that the clock starts after – because they changed the rule. They changed After the rule. One. That the delay game is that like they don't they start the clock now and once you know whatever they they've changed it from 40 to 25 or whatever and like Herman supposedly didn't know that. Okay, well that's easy to fix, but No, defense, I know. The defense uh, of first drives, my god, don't defer. Let's just take the ball first No, no, have, no, 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 no. Dude, no, I, no, I, no. we have not stopped anyone. Okay, 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 counterpoint. Every single offensive coordinator like has so much film on what the base defense is. Like our base defense really hasn't changed. Like yeah, there's been some different blitzes and different looks there. But like for an offense coordinator, they have their script. They have their ten plays or so that they know that like we can if we execute these plays well, like we can go down and score. The difference between a good defense coordinator and a bad defense coordinator is one that says, okay, first play or first drive. Okay, they did this. Let's obviously try and get a stop no matter what. But they did this. Okay, they scored. No problem. Here's how we're going to stop it. And then look from there. That's how yeah, you I tell mean, the difference between a good defense. Like, if most good like good defenses still get scored on, on in the first quarter, that's not unbelievable to say. Like, yeah, Ole Miss uh, scored yeah. against uh, Alabama in that first drive, and it was like, oh, my God, here we go. Alabama's going to lose. These wide receivers are so good. And what happened there? Yeah, I, I mean, yes, teams do have scripted first drives. Um and but uh, yeah, Webb, I don't blame him, man. It's it's kind of annoying, but hell, if if To can continue to make in-game adjustments after one drive and right. shut down offenses, then I'm okay with it as long as we continue to do that. But right. it would be nice to get a three and out to start a game, and I think this week, ideally, might be that week. So okay, let's uh, let's go to the next one. This one's a little little hey guys, long. Uh, Ryan Ramirez here, long-time listener, second-time caller. Uh, first, I want to hear your thoughts on the play calling and defensive execution in the fourth quarter. The third and three uh, counter screen when we were up by 14 was just oh, mind-boggling to me. I thought we should have just ran a QB sweep, um, kind of like what we had been doing all day. And also, the defense just looked like they were they were completely tired and dead out there, even though they really shouldn't have been. Tim Stearns looked like he wanted no part of OU in the fourth quarter, and which was just shocking to me because I've loved him all year, and he's played so hard. Um, but second, I wanted to give you all my thoughts on the winning drive and kind of hear what you all thought about it. 
So obviously the pass interference was massive. It was the right call though. Dude didn't turn, was holding him the whole way. But the next play or two plays later, Devin DuVernay had a little pause and stutter in the open space like 20 yards that might have been the play of the game such a such a quiet 20 yard reception um can't believe they only rushed three players there though the offensive line did their job um but then we had a third and short later where we let sam run like we should have done earlier got the first down and uh after this play is where it's where legend was really born uh the cameras caught picker smile and giving a wink to a teammate and smiled and gives like a sup up nod to a coach and he knew like in about a minute and 10 seconds he'd be able to hook up with any girl in Austin that he wanted just wa- watching this over again I really can't believe it I- I'd be literally shooting myself on the sideline just absolute I- that one sorry Ryan that cut you off a little bit but uh I think he answered like half of his own questions yeah he I think he did without even realizing it. <laughs> but the play calling I-, I thought was great again I mean I thought Beck was a uh, well, very, very welcomed back with open arms. Um, I, I had no problem with it. I mean, look at the offensive I, output. Uh, I, I mean, the, the, the uh, yeah, but his point was the, the third and three right. on the, last, the second to last drive. Yeah, that was horrible. Yeah, that you was. You got to make OU burn their last timeout. I don't know what we even we even called a timeout, and so it's like what we spent the timeout to come up with that play. Like that was very shocking, um, very disappointing, and. Uh, Ramirez, the Duvernay's play was huge. Yes. I agree. Um, actually, was watching that in the second, or well, last night when I watched the game again. Duvernay had an unbelievable read. He was just kind of standing there, looked back, came, and then boom, went to the middle field. Yeah, found uh, the, kind of found set the up that, field. Yeah, kind of set up the next play for Beck to do yep. what he did, and then kind of set the tone for us to get in the right spot for the man, the myth, uh, Dicker. Dicker, the um, kicker. I mean, like, he, he wasn't winking at the camera, but it, no, looks like it, it looked like it. But still, I mean, the kid was unbelievable. He's what, 18 years old, and he's like something like that. And he's already just a complete legend in Texas OU history. I mean, if you're an OU that, fan, how do you not hate him so much? You know? Yeah. The thing is, which is so awesome about becoming to, going to UT and then having a moment like that, is that you're going to be nationally known forever. Everyone knows who Cameron Dicker, the kicker, is. Right. Like, because of the name, because of the stage, yeah. and because of his execution. <laughs> his I mean, name's just, fucking Dicker. If you would have missed that, though, oh, after geez. winking and being, like, so cocky. Yeah, that would have been, been bad. That would have been bad. But then he was also six for nine, nice, on his uh, attempts all year. I mean, come on. Like, he went. He well, went. that's rolling now. He's seven for ten. But, I mean, come on. Well, no, uh, I know before, but when he's winking at the camera, there it's flashing on the screen six of nine, yeah, and everyone's like, "Oh, no way, he's missing this." Well, I, I don't know many people from Lake Travis, but he's a Lake Travis boy, I guess. And yeah. He's just oh yeah. Very confident, but yeah, Ramirez, good, good points. Um, pass interference was a pass interference. Duvernay's play was huge. No, and, his best point was Stearns. Stearns did had his weakest game by far and uh, looked like a freshman for the first time all season, which is. Crazy to say, but he really did, and he looked uh, so gas. Him and B. Jones looked so gassed at the end. Um, yeah, it really just kind of sputtered the defense. But uh, let's go on. This is, I think, my favorite voicemail of the, of the season so far. Hey guys, this is Buck from Austin. Uh, first time caller, no time listener. Uh, wondering what uh, Ellinger's performance on Saturday and really over the the last few big wins this year uh, has has done for your confidence in him as a quarterback long-term, not just the short-term. For me personally, 
I, I love uh, the good decision making. He's not turning the ball over. Um, I'm not sure that that warrants the the high praise of him as a quarterback and, and a long term solution that a lot of the national pundits are are quick to give him. So wondering what y'all's thoughts are on that. Um, also love the the reference to TCU as Purple Baylor. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. Uh, I am. I think I'm completely sold on him now. Uh, I, obviously, if you are a longtime listener, I've said this so many times. I was the biggest Shane Bichelle fan. I don't know why, but I, I just was. I loved the way he played. You're loyal. You're very I'm, loyal. I mean, these hoes are so loyal, and we still are to Shane. <laughs> but Sam has, I think, completely proven himself. And I think a huge part of that needs to go to Herman and Beck and yes. now Herb Hand because he is the absolute perfect quarterback for this offense. And he's fully embracing it. They, you know, he's not making those big bomb throws downfield that uh, Shane was able to drop in the guys' hands. Uh, but he's still commanding the offense. He's commanding the intermediate routes, and he's running the ball with uh, something like something we've never seen uh, pretty much since Tyrone Swoops. But he can throw the ball at all. So he's the perfect combination and and this offense is literally designed for him um so going forward next hopefully two years knock on wood uh i think he's the guy no no doubt about it um it's it's his to lose no i mean not even to lose i like uh great great point buck i like looking forward long term not just looking at the short term with all the national media going crazy um as it usually does when ut has success um, I think he still needs to prove his arm, man. I think he um, clearly is going to work in this Tom Herman, Cardell Jones type offense where third and three, we're going to get, I mean, I credit Herb Hand, like you said, going to get that first down. But he needs to have that threat, deep ball threat. That he's really not proven consistently yet. So that will come with time, I think. Um, but, yeah, short term. Um, I think he's going to start getting a lot of national attention. Hope it doesn't go to his head. I think he stays uh, pretty humble. I mean, mature, and he kind of handles himself pretty well, except for the little post game thing with Kyle. But we won't mention that. No, that was awesome. I loved it. So, okay, he, uh, he's got a lot of work to do with his arm. But yeah, other than that, very happy for him. All right, this is the last one. This is from some idiot who loves corn dogs. Well, hello. Uh, this is Jack. I got a question for John. Um, what? Since Stewart's takes are pretty much bullshit all the time. <laughs> John, why do you think Tom Herman feels the need to let up when we're up three scores against a rival? And do you think we can survive the rest of the season with that soft-ass attitude? Thanks. Well, John, since I'm not well, allowed to answer th- it. Thanks for putting me on the spot here. I mean, God, if you give me a warning. Um, I... <sighs> No, we can't survive with that soft-ass kind of game plan uh, on the road and Lubbock specifically. We can, we will choke and lose, and I just that is what I'm very scared of right now and also scared of Stillwater. Um, I don't know what, honestly, I don't know if it was a, an attitude change or what, but it just it looked like everyone was just kind of staring at the clock in the fourth quarter. Yes. Kind of watching it I started staring at the clock in the third quarter. Uh, I did at, at the was like the 12 minute mark of the fourth quarter when I started watching it go down. And we were up by 21. Uh, they scored with 8:30 something left, so they got it down to 14 the eight minute, 18 minute, or excuse me, eight minute mark. Um, 
I don't know what I mean. We yeah, we started running the ball, um, but the holdings, Jack, were <clears throat> what really killed us. I mean, it was it wasn't like we really changed our game plan, but we were just behind the sticks um, for all three of those drives, where it was just hold, 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 um, and I think it just kind of added to the pressure of closing it out. And I think this kind of goes to an experience thing at this point. Was like, hey, we gotta we gotta learn how to close a game out um, and not hold and and have better play calls to force OU to use timeouts. Um, so I don't put it all on Tom. I put it on kind of mental mistakes on the field, but that comes with time. And no, I agree with you. I think we need to clean this up to be able to close out a game on the road, um, whether that's Stillwater or Lubbock or against what could be a top 10 matchup in Austin in a couple of weeks versus West Virginia. Thanks again for the voicemails that, I mean, I think that's by far the best part about um, what you know little changes that we made this season those are always really fun even if you are uh, ragging on me for not giving too hard of a takes but uh let's go into it's it's awful it happens every single season I don't know why I fall for it. I mean I know why I fall for it because I'm not that smart but like I, I fall for it every single year I put my head down in the beginning of August and I just start just shoveling bad food and drinking too much light beer and then all of a sudden I look up and it's the middle of October, and we're halfway through the season. And I'm like, damn it, what? Why? You're sunburned from sitting in the I'm sunburned. It's like a sandwich. You know, it's you just sit down and you're like, God, this is the best sandwich of all time. I'm so happy. And then you eat the sandwich <laughs> so quickly, and you're like, wait, what happened to my sandwich? It it sucks. And it, it's a midseason. I mean, we're little. We're literally six games in. Uh, we technically got seven weeks left, but just going forward, I mean, thoughts so far. Uh, I went back and looked. We, I technically predict us to only lose one game um, through the first six games. So, but it was to OU. Um, you only had us losing one game as well, but you had us losing to K State. So, technically, on paper, numbers wise, we were correct. I had us at five and one. Yes, you had us losing. Wow. You had us losing to K State. Um, what did we drink that night? Yeah, you were the one that said we were going to go nine and three. Uh, and you're more looking more right than me. So, yeah. uh, midseason looking forward. I mean, I think the biggest trap game is you're you've always hinted on it, but Lubbock. I mean, that always is. That's just going to be, and they've got you know so many quarterbacks injured and all that stuff. That's just going to be the biggest hurdle I think on the road looking forward. But I, I, call me cocky, call me looking forward. But like I think at this point, like if you're not at least tied or whatever going into the end of the regular season looking at the Big 12 championship I think I think the season is going to be kind of a little bit of a letdown compared you know to how it started I mean are we making like bowl predictions right now or are we just kind of saying we're getting there we're kind of teasing it just a little game I like to call just the tease I don't think a Big 12 team gets into the um, playoff, and if oh, it is, it's going to be West Virginia. No, no 100% it's going to be West Virginia. They yeah. have to run the table, and they need help from other teams losing. Yes. So the top spot would be a, a New Year's Six Bowl, which would probably be the Cotton Bowl. Um, Chance of the Sugar in New Orleans, which would be crazy. As long as we're not in San Antonio or Houston, my God, I just like, at this point, you win the games you're supposed to win. We should not be in Houston or San Antonio. So. Let's see what happens. I don't want to make a bold prediction. I think we got to take care of business this week versus Baylor and, and then move on from there. Okay. Well, thanks for looking ahead, John, to one week from now. But uh, Hey, keep your mind right. 
Uh, all right, let's just go into it. Speaking of the Baylor Bears, um, they I are, could use a bye week though. My God, I'm yeah, excited I, for I, that. I, I, I'm so excited for the bye week. I, my like anxiety. I had someone sit behind me, and I was talking to them after the game, and they're like, "You are the worst person to sit have in front of you during a game because you just make me so anxious and like just I'm constantly moving. I'm terrified. Like all this, all these crazy emotions are running through me, and I get it. It's my fault. I'm sorry." But, uh, you know what's kind of funny? I don't think we've ever set at a game together. We set uh, OU 2013, bro. What? O- oh, yeah. Oh, that was Dan. That, okay, yeah. Marcus Johnson, Will Rock. Come on. Uh, all right, let's call no, it. Baylor, Baylor, Baylor. Baylor okay, Bears. So they, they beat Kansas State. Um, Baylor Bears out of Waco. Uh, they beat K-State last week by three, four, and two. They have an institutional uh, sexual assault problem. Yeah, if you haven't heard about it, they had a little bit of an issue a few years ago. Just a little bit. Um, small issue. Um, pretty, pretty good offense as always. Baylor's got some like, I mean, unbelievable quarterback. Yeah, unbelievable is bad. A little mm. deep, but 16th ranked off, 16th ranked offense, and of course 90th ranked defense. So, should be a track meet this game. Um, jumping in, Charlie Brewer is a quarterback. He's about. yeah, he's like the perfect game manager. He's not your kind of typical Baylor quarterback where he just launches the deep ball, but he. Can make some solid throws and, and you know it's just fast enough where you still got to keep an eye on him. Um, but he's he's a good solid quarterback. There's no doubt about it. He doesn't have the threats that he used that Baylor used to have, but they're like like what was it eight years in a row where they had a like, yes. tough Ugh. new wide receiver. Yeah, but that sucks. Still got Jalen Hurd. Got to keep an eye on and Denzel Mims. Um, so keep it to I guess keep an eye on those guys on the outside. Expect Chris Boyd Devontae to have some help over the top. Um, on those two guys, so yeah. try to contain that, contain them from big plays because they have killed teams with big plays. So that could be the only way they kind of keep up with us is, is going over the top. Hurd is a freak. He's like six four. He he was a running back at Tennessee. That's probably how you've heard his name before. Running back at Tennessee. Uh, he transferred because he was getting lost in the depth chart, and he lost like twenty pounds and became a receiver and is pretty freaking athletic. Uh, don't be surprised when you kind of hear him making some head waves at the uh, at the combine later in the spring but uh yeah he's their main he's one of their main uh, receivers uh the running backs are jamichael hasty and john lovett but they're like the two most opposite names i've ever seen i know life. seriously <laughs> but i think they kind of they've got a whole stable of them and they don't really have one featured back um that they that they go to uh, very typical baylor team and the fact that they're weak on o-line d-line Defense, like you uh, hinted at, is not great. Um, and also their O-line has given up, I believe, the 123rd uh, time in the nation for most sacks allowed. So we need to get some pressure on them. Um, get Brewer on the ground. Get him, that's get him hurt. Fact? That's what? Is that a Twitter fact? That's a C- CFBstats.com fact. Um, okay. Yeah, that's a really random tweet or stab, but I like it. It's good, good intel. No, come on, you, you know, I'm, I love Jeopardy and all those trivia. What about their third down conversion rate? Do you know okay, it? predictions, John. What you got? So, Texas coming off an unbelievable game. I don't know if you heard about it. Um, we, I think we struggle in the first half. Have a little bit of a hangover. Um, if you guys or if anyone who's still listening is loyal listener, y'all have, I guess, picked up on my superstition that. Uh, predict texas losses and so i'm not going to predict us to lose this game obviously for multiple reasons uh, but i do think we have a little bit of a slow first half i think we go into the half with about a touchdown or a 10 point lead end up winning 38 to 24 um, and i expect sam to have 
um, probably four touchdowns, one of which is running three or three or passing. Ooh, three passing. I like it. Okay, I think the exact opposite. I think uh, first half we're going to kind of run it up. It's going to be somewhere around you know twenty eight to seven or somewhere uh, close to that. Um, and then we allow them to search back in the second. The second we get ACL. So you always got to remember the student uh, stands are not nearly as full. And then the second half, they're obviously not nearly as much anymore. So it's going to die down. They're going to come back. Brewers going to have a couple good throws, get them right back into it. But I think um, this, this defense is so resilient, even after last week, even after giving up three touchdowns in a quarter to your rival, I still trust them. Um, they're just one solid defensive shutout from really scaring themselves and being on level with uh, the offense in terms of instilling fear into the other team. But I, I, I'm taking horns as well. Uh, I'll say 41-24 so we get the cover. Um, yeah, I would love for this to be a blowout. I really don't want this thing to be close. No, I'd, no. I would like it to be a blowout. So if you're a student and you listen to this, come on, get your fed. Well, I'll cuss, but no, Hats, hats in your t-shirts back. Okay, let's go into it. Games of the week, Georgia at LSU. Uh, 2.30 game, surprisingly. It's CBS with uh, Hayden Ask Gary. Let's see, LSU is plus 7.5. Uh, the Corn Dogs are not happy that this game is not at night in Death Valley. they got to wake up before it. They didn't lose to... Florida last yeah, that's true. That game. Uh, they got to wake up at 4 a.m. and start drinking instead of 7. It's just an absolute <laughs> damn shame. But uh, Coach O is going to have them ready to go after last week. I just think Fromm and the UGA offense is too good. So I got a UGA by field goal. So I, LSU might might cover, but I think Georgia will, uh, will win outright. Really? Interesting. So I put a bunch of confidence in LSU on my pickums last week, and I knew I should yep. not have done it. I did too. Not good. I just never, I've never had a good feeling about LSU this year. I said that multiple times this year. Um, but I think Georgia um, this is their statement game. They win and cover. Ooh. Uh, Washington. Washington at Oregon. Ladies first. 230. Uh, Oregon is plus three, and then nobody really cares about the Pac 12, but. This has got pretty good implications for the conference championship and potentially the playoff. Um, Washington really does not look a lot – doesn't look good with the way that Auburn's been playing, um, even with their stout offense behind Jake Browning. But uh, Justin Herbert's the real deal at Oregon. He's kind of surging up the boards as one of the uh, potential top quarterbacks taken in the draft. So I'm taking Oregon at home with the upset. They're plus three. They're dogs. They're uh, they're ready to go. They they know they got to win this game if they want to stay in the Pac-12 or Pac-12 uh, championship. I think Oregon. I watched their Stanford game a few weeks ago. That was a tough loss for them. Kind of choked away that game. I think Washington was hiding some stuff versus UCLA last week. I think Washington wins this game on the road. Ooh, okay. Uh, whiskey at Michigan, the most Big Twelve, Big Ten game uh, probably of the season. Six o'clock in the Big House. Michigan is minus eight. I I just. I don't understand minus eight. That is so many points for Michigan. It makes me scared that Vegas knows something that I don't. I mean, they always do, but, like, really knows something. I, I just don't trust Michigan's offense. I mean, Shea Patterson is good, but he's not that good. they got a solid defense, but as long as Wisconsin's got Jonathan Taylor, um, they're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, maybe throw to a tight end, run the ball. Um, I like the Badgers to cover. Uh, uh, that's just so many points in a big conference game. Yeah, don't know, don't care. I'm gonna be watching the Astros, Red Sox, Ghostros. Oh come on, that's such a cop out. Nobody cares about the ALCS, man. 
Coming from the Rangers fan. That's fucked up. That's a ricochet shot, and you know it. Coming from the Rangers fan. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Let's break the record again. Let's go above 122,000 listeners. Uh, we really <laughs> appreciate it. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Do all that good stuff. Leave more voicemails. Um, we love it all. All right. Hook if em. you want shirts, if you want shirts, text us. We want you want shirts. Just go ahead. You know what? If you're listening at this point, you're a true fan. You can go. Just go ahead. And all right. Okay. We're gonna spit on.